Welcome, beautiful people to Camp Koji. My name is Joel. Thank you for joining me as I break down the biggest gaming news from the week that was on the only podcast you will ever need. Now, today's show, we're going to talk about more games joining Hollywood. And our main story of the week, I actually want to talk about Xbox and their supposed game drought that they're going from or going through and a bunch of their fans asking where the heck are all of the games. But first of all, actually a few updates from Xbox. So according to Bloomberg, Microsoft offered Sony the rights to add Call of Duty to its PlayStation Plus subscription service and that his offer was made before the FTC announced their lawsuit. Piers Harding Rolls, research director of Ampere Games, told GamesIndustry.biz, quote, if Call of Duty is added day and date to Game Pass, it will have a notable impact on subscriber numbers. Additionally, the inclusion of Warzone with added Game Pass perks will help with engagement and retention. Call of Duty is regular and big enough to provide a meaningful bump to the subscription opportunity, which in turn may result in publishers reviewing their AAA budgets, product, and monetization strategy. So him saying that this would be such a big impact that studios will include Game Pass as part of their strategy. Uh, I don't know about that. It would have to be super huge for them to do that. So uh, first of all, Microsoft offering Sony the rights to add Call of Duty to his PlayStation Plus subscription. First and foremost, I'm highly doubting this is you know for free, right? So when we think about um, Call of Duty coming to PlayStation Plus, we already know that Xbox has talked about working with PlayStation to try to um, put together a 10-year contract to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. This, in my opinion, doesn't mean that Xbox is giving PlayStation Call of Duty for free to put on PlayStation Plus, right? Hey, you want to put Ghosts and Modern Warfare 1 and whatever, all that on PlayStation Plus for free. Here you go. Highly doubt that. So PlayStation will have to pay for this privilege. So of course for Xbox is like, why not? You know, if you put all these old Call of Duties on PlayStation Plus, number one, I'm going to make money off of that because you have to pay me now to, to to get the license to put all those on PlayStation Plus. If you get more subscribers, that's great. Maybe it'll, it'll give you a bump in subscriptions, but more than likely the bump is going to come to me because then it increases the chance that people are going to try Call of Duty, play it, love it, and then move over and try Warzone or try the latest Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare 2 or whatever. You know, Microsoft comes out winning, I, I, I think, from this deal. So if you're PlayStation, why would you put this in your PlayStation Plus? I kind of don't think that PlayStation would want to do this. But I think for Xbox, it's not whether they want to or not. To them, it's just, it's, this is all PR, right? It's public relations. It's them showing the FTC and showing the uh, the CMA from the UK that, hey, we're ready and willing to play ball. We're not trying to keep all of our games exclusive to our subscription service and keep them away from anyone else. Look, we're going to put Call of Duty on Nintendo. We're going to keep Call of Duty on Steam. Uh, look, PlayStation Plus can put it on their own service. I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden Microsoft says, hey, we made a commitment with NVIDIA. Call of Duty is going to stay on GeForce now for, you know, the, the future, blah, 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 whatever. All right. Uh, you know, Microsoft is just trying to, you know, make it seem like, hey, we're, we're ready to play ball. Uh, when, you know, in reality, 
it was very likely they were going to do that all along, right? <laughs> you know, uh, but you're definitely not going to hear Microsoft say, "Hey, you know, Blizzard right now is working on a, a brand new intellectual property, their first one in like over a decade or whatever how long it's been." Uh, we're going to put that on PlayStation. I don't know. You know, they're not bringing that up, right? Uh, you know, it, it's it's really they're trying to keep everyone's focus on Call of Duty. Like, yeah, Call of Duty. You know, let's let's talk about Call of Duty. Let's not talk about anything else. Let's not talk about the next Starcraft, the next Warcraft. Let's not talk about any of that stuff. Let's keep it to uh, Call of Duty, right? This is all for show. In terms of what this research director is saying about it bumping up the numbers, I think for Game Pass it would because it's very similar to the bump that they probably saw when they brought all those Bethesda games in, every Doom, every Elder Scrolls, every Fallout. You know, when they do something like that and 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 the promise of future games from those studios is all you're doing is you're telling people like, hey, we're increasing our library, right? That's, that's really what you're doing, right? Um, and I think that alone is what causes the bump. You know, you're, you're able to advertise with a bigger number instead of over, you know, 500 games. Now you're able to advertise over 600 games uh, come at, on Game Pass. Same thing when, when they made the EA deal. I feel like that's what leads more to the bump than just Call of Duty itself. I think you're going to have a lot of people who are curious about playing old Call of Duty single players, for example. But uh, I don't see it being the significant bump where someone's saying, oh, my God, now I can play every single Call of Duty. Here's $15 for that first month or whatever. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a of a difference maker and then we also have bloomberg reporting that apple will begin allowing third-party app stores on ios devices by 2024 due to stricter eu regulations now this is kind of interesting for a few reasons number one this is kind of at the center of that epic games lawsuit against apple when it came to fortnite they were tired of paying that apple tax of 30 percent, which is understandable uh, and then it's also a big deal because Microsoft talked about this year their intent to create an Xbox mobile store, so an F Xbox games store. So a dedicated place where they can sell, uh, you know, their mobile experiences um, through there because after, after the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, um, you know, you don't want to continue to pay the 30% Apple tax, right? Um even though Microsoft does the same with their store. Uh, you know, with that being said, you know, it, it this is going to be kind of interesting because I don't know if something like this would even exist outside of Europe, right? Europe has forced uh, Apple that for the future of their iPhones, it must be USB-C. It can't be that, that proprietary lightning cable. That's also coming to the U.S. because now you're thinking, now you're talking about a build cost. You have to actually build the device. What's the point of of building two different, uh, two wildly different configurations of the same device? It's a lot cheaper to just make one. That's not the same thing here, right? If EU is enforcing this and saying, "Hey, I have to, I have to allow other people into my ecosystem," why would I just volunteer for this to come to the United States or other regions? So unless the, uh, I, Maybe I'm not 100%, uh, I don't know the full story, but if the United States is not kind of forcing this to happen, why would I volunteer for this to happen? So it'll be interesting to see how this affects uh, the United States also. Our first story deals with more games coming to Hollywood. It really does feel like every week now we hear about 
uh, a new game or a new project. Uh, I, I keep on saying I can't believe how um, kind of on point I was with that one episode of Camp Koji where I said, yeah, we're, we're about to see an explosion of Hollywood adaptations. I think it was around the, the time of Detective Pikachu. Um, I wish I was wrong because now I think it's getting to the point where it's like, all right, now this is getting to be too much and we're going to have more duds than successes, I think. So first of all, this Mr. Henry Cavill is attached to star in and executive produce a series adaptation of Warhammer 40,000 for Amazon Prime Video. No writers or showrunners have been attached yet, and it's actually so early, we're not sure if this is a TV show or a movie. Um, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, you might uh, have heard of Warhammer through video games, but it's actually based on a tabletop game. So that's really where it originated. And Henry Cavill is uh, a huge, huge fan of Warhammer. He hasn't made it a secret. Henry Cavill is the most handsome uh, representative of geek and nerd culture we currently have. Like no one, like it's Henry Cavill. And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, I understand the sadness about, you know, why the man is not going to be playing Superman anymore. I thought he was the perfect Superman. I would have loved to see him uh, become Superman again. It looks like that's not going to happen. But it's like, it's hard for me to like feel sad for Henry Cavill. You talk about a man who has been now able to play every character that he's once ever dreamed of playing. He, he dreamed playing Superman. He had a dream of playing uh, Gerald for The Witcher. And even though those two projects, he didn't see them through to the end or play those characters as many times as he wanted, he still was able to. And now he's able to uh, be at the helm of this um, property that he loves more than anything else. Like we're talking about a man has, who has made every one of his dreams come true. How can we feel bad about that? Next up, we have Amazon. They announced a God of War TV series. Executive producers include Santa Monica studio head Yumi Yang, creative director Corey Barlog, and PlayStation Productions boss Asad Kizilbash. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, here's a little bit of bad news, though. The showrunner is someone named Rafe Judkins. He was a showrunner for Wheel of Time, which was kind of a disaster. Didn't do very well. Um, and then he also wrote the screenplay for Uncharted, which was really bad. That Uncharted film script was not good. Um, but some good news is... Corey Barlog is attached. That's a big deal. The writers for this are Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby. Their credits include Children of Men, Iron Man, and The Expanse, which is a pretty good resume. Um, so there's like this good news and bad news about this announcement. According to Hollywood Reporter, the show will be based on the recent games. So going through the Norse mythology that we saw from the 2018 game, and this year's Ragnarok. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I kind of would have liked them to revisit the original trilogy. What's interesting, though, is that you can't tell the story of 2018 Kratos without mentioning the original trilogy Kratos. They're these two completely different characters. And a lot of his motivation, a lot of his decisions in the 2018 God of War were informed by his past in the original God of War trilogy. So it's it's impossible that we won't see the original flashbacks 
um, or see uh, a couple of things that happened, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there will be, you know, entire episodes dedicated to a lot of the things that happened. You know, Athena, for example, I think is a big part of Kratos' story. So you kind of can't tell one without the other. So I think with that in mind, that's probably why they uh, felt like just diving right into Norse mythology. This is one of the few announcements in terms of an adaptation that I am the most afraid of in terms of, I feel like this is the easiest one to mess up. You know, God of War is such a grandiose type of games in terms of its mythology, in terms of its setting. You know, think about how big it is and how expensive it would be to translate this into a TV show. My other problem, though, with this is that when I think about any other adaptation, even The Last of Us, I feel like because of the fantastical nature of God of War and the 17-year story that they put together, the, uh, the fact that we are in control of Kratos, I feel like more so than anything, it's going to be the hardest thing to translate from a video game especially when you think about 2018 because of the performance capture. They did such a great job. And I think the story that they crafted, the story that they wanted to tell, it was portrayed in its perfect medium, which was a video game, which is a very, very different media medium when compared to a TV show. That to me is my fear with adapting God of War. When they talked about adapting The Last of Us and they announced everyone behind it, I instantly said, I think this is going to be the first video game adaptation to um, be seriously considered for awards and get a lot of traditional Hollywood recognition. When it comes to this God of War show, my confidence is really low. I hope that I'm proven wrong. Um... You know, with Corey Barlog being attached, it gives me a lot more confidence. But there's a part of me that just kind of doesn't trust that this is going to go well. And finally, we have Kojima announcing a Death Stranding film. He will serve as a producer. Alex Lebovici will serve as executive producer. And his Hammerstone Studios will fully finance the film. It's also one of the few projects announced that are not attached to a streamer. It feels like everything we've heard about lately, Gears of War, Netflix, Assassin's Creed, Netflix, Fallout, Amazon, God of War, Amazon, Warhammer, Amazon, you know, uh, Last of Us, HBO, all these are attached to some sort of streaming service. Um, it, it's really cool to see a project that it seems that Alex Lebovici is so confident in it that he wants to just bring it straight to theaters. And then I'm sure they'll probably sell the rights to a streamer at some point. But that, to me, gets me really excited because um, it, it, it makes me feel like they're really understanding how to adapt this into a feature-length film. Because remember, for a film to succeed, it can't just cater to gamers anymore. You also have to get traditional moviegoers to go see this film. What's great is that there's already Hollywood um, names attached to Aaliyah Sudeau. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, Norman Reedus, you know, bringing those characters in. But I'm also hoping that we we get to meet some new characters. I would love to see what the world looked like before Death Stranding happened, how the world reacted to it happening, them figuring it out 
you know, BTs, beach things, you know, using bridge babies and things like that. I think it'll be really cool to get more in depth in terms of that process. I think it'll be really, really cool. So this is one that I'm, as opposed to the God of War news, this is one I'm very, very excited for. Now, our story of the week deals with Xbox. And one of the biggest things that came out of the Game Awards was people asking where was Xbox. And I do feel like a lot of people were kind of exaggerating. You know, you had some journalists writing stories talking about how this was a slap in the face of fans. And, you know, to me, it's like, what indication did you guys ever have that Xbox was ready to talk about video games, right? That that to me is like the weirdest thing, right? The last few projects that they've announced, we now publicly have understood that they've they've they they have issues, right? We heard from a really strong source, Jeff Grubb, that Everwild was basically going through a reboot. So okay, we're definitely not going to see that anytime soon, right? Um, we haven't seen Hellblade 2 for quite some time. Uh, Fable, we all of a sudden found out that Idols Montreal was brought into help. Perfect Dark, there were a bunch of issues with people leaving. There were a bunch of big stories about it. And then we found out that Crystal Dynamics was brought on to help with Perfect Dark. Halo Infinite has been going through all these issues. Like Xbox has shown that they're having some a lot of problems right now. And all this is happening in the middle of them twine, trying to acquire the biggest available publisher on the planet. So I sort of look at it as like, this is your own fault for expecting anything um, from Xbox. Instead of the right approach to this is you're about to watch the Game Awards, you're a fan of the Xbox, you go, man, I hope Xbox is here, but if they're not, it's okay, you know? Now, Xbox has been the Game Awards before. This def- That's where they debuted um, Hellblade 2. It's where they first showed and announced the Xbox Series X. And it's also the place where they showed off some Hellblade 2 gameplay. But people need to realize what those three things have in common, especially the announcement of the Xbox Series X, because a lot of people keep bringing this up as an example. Like, oh, look, Xbox has shown that they're they're willing to play ball with the Game Wars and make these big announcements, which is like, yeah, that's, that's great, granted. You know, but Xbox understood that as part of their marketing plan, that's a a huge set of eyeballs to have focused on one event. And it just made sense for their marketing plan to have that be the place to debut the Xbox Series X. Right. And I think that's what people need to remember and understand. Companies don't go out of their way to have things ready for the game wars they don't scramble they're not going to pull teams off of a game in order to put trailers together right um it it's either part of their marketing plan or it's not and when you look at playstation on the other hand everything that playstation showed you'll notice that playstation didn't show anything at the game wars that was part of their second half of the year everything was early returnal pc just made sense. It was recently leaked. It just made sense. This was a good opportunity for them to announce it. Dating The Last of Us made sense because that comes out next March. Um, a brief look into Horizon for VR made sense. VR um, launches next February. Uh, I actually thought they probably would. They should have had more advertising for PlayStation VR 2, in my opinion. And then announcing the Horizon DLC that's coming out in April. It just made sense for PlayStation's marketing plan. PlayStation didn't decide in November, like, hey, let's put these things in at the Game Awards. 
you know, when their marketing team was building the marketing early in the year for all of these things, they said to themselves, you know what, December at the Game Awards would be a great place to make these announcements. And that's really when they put those videos together. Now, Xbox is, you know, I want to look at, uh, so basically I want to go through all the studios that Xbox has and all the games that they're working on to kind of ensure to people that it's not that Xbox doesn't have anything at all. And it's more that, you know, if you're not ready to show anything, then, 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 then what do you want? What do we expect as fans of this, of this industry? We can't on one hand talk about how much we dislike and hate crunch culture. Hey guys, delay the games. It's okay. We'd rather you delay them. You know, they come out perfect, not force people to crunch, but then on the other hand, get angry at companies when they don't have anything to show. And the other part about it is that this is very different from PlayStation and Nintendo. PlayStation and Nintendo have shown themselves to be extremely capable publishers. Xbox has not been able to do the same. Xbox is not a good publisher. That's just a fact, right? This isn't taking side. This isn't any fanboy crap. Some Xbox fan or stan is going to try their best to try to tell me that I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm 100% right. Xbox, especially living in the shadow of what PlayStation and Nintendo have been able to accomplish as publishers, is definitely in third place firmly. And probably not even third place. It might be fourth and fifth if you count any of these other big publishers. They're just not very adept at publishing games. So I wanted to go through, number one, all their studios uh, and, and talk about the potential of what games they have planned, why Xbox fans, there really isn't much of a need to panic, even though, yes, I understand right now there really aren't many Xbox games. I get that. Um, but I actually wanted to talk about, first of all, um, Xbox at the Game Awards. So the Game Awards has aired for nine years. Xbox has won 11 awards, although, you know, one can make the arguments only nine because two of those came from Deathloop, which was not created under Microsoft. Um, Microsoft, I guess, technically published them because they own the publisher. So if, if we count them, they've won 11 awards. Forza, though, has been responsible for the majority of those awards. Forza has actually won six of those. Sports and racing, I think they've won like three times. They won innovation and accessibility. I think the last one, they won best audio design also um, for Forza Horizon 5, I believe was the last one. So they've won 11 awards. PlayStation, though, has won 27 and Nintendo has won 24 awards. Uh, Xbox marketing head Aaron Greenberg responded to concerns about where the hell were the games at Game Awards by tweeting, quote, we have a lot planned to show and share about an incredibly exciting year ahead for 2023. Appreciate folks are eager to learn and see more. Timing is always key, but don't worry, you will not have to wait too long for what's next from us. So, Xbox has only been nominated for Game of the Year one year. That was 2021. And that was for Psychonauts 2. That was a game that they did publish. Uh, and Deathloop was also up for Game of the Year. So once again, technically, since they owned the publisher, I believe at that point they had already owned uh, Bethesda Softworks, which is the publishing arm of Bethesda. Uh, you could say that they've had two Game Award 
nominations, obviously pale in comparison to PlayStation um, and Nintendo. I mean, PlayStation just this year, they had two Game of the Award nominations, Game of the Year nominations. Um, now, after this show, once I saw how many, all these Xbox articles popping up, tweets, I remember saying that um, it wouldn't make sense for them to be at the Game Awards because they should have enough to show that an individual Xbox event actually makes more sense. Now there are a bunch of rumors that actually popped up. I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, where people are saying that rumors are pointing to them having a dedicated Xbox showcase early 2023. So I was right about that. Now, while I understand fans are a bit obsessed, um, once again, I feel like I'm a little bit confused as to what they expected because Xbox has proven themselves to not be a great publisher. So I feel like it's, once again, it's very different from, we'll, we'll compare them to PlayStation. If PlayStation goes through a drought at any moment in time, whether A, they don't have any first-party exclusive compelling content, nor do they have these exclusive third-party deals in place, that to me will be disappointing because PlayStation has set this precedent for what to expect from them. For the longest time now, and, and, and up until today, anytime anyone asks me, Joel, should I buy a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X? I always say PlayStation 5. And the reason why is because with that piece of hardware, I think you have access to much more compelling content and you are future-proofing yourself. Like, yes, there are a lot of PlayStation 5 games that come out on PlayStation 4, but that pipeline is going to dry up at some point. It's very likely that God of War was the last game that's going to release on PlayStation 4 from PlayStation, unless it's something a little bit minor and smaller. I don't think they're going to get any more major releases. If we get Ghost of Tsushima 2, Spider-Man 2, they're not going to be, you know, Last of Us 3, whatever. I don't think they're going to be on PlayStation 4. So if you had to decide between the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5, I always tell people, unless it's a particular Xbox game that gets you excited, Halo Infinite, maybe you're a racing fan, Forza Motorsport 5, excuse me, Forza Horizon 5, and the upcoming Motorsport, PlayStation is really the console to go for because I feel that they have much more compelling, exciting content, whether it's first party or uh, whether it's uh, third party. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Xbox have not has not proven themselves in terms of giving uh, fans confidence in terms of purchasing an Xbox. Like you're going to get amazing value out of Game Pass. But if you have a PC, you're perfectly fine when it comes to Xbox because you have almost every single Xbox game and then some when it comes to owning a, uh, a PC. So as I said, I thought it would be a great idea to go through each of Xbox's studios and see what the hell is going on. Is it true that Xbox doesn't really have any games? Um, and hopefully by the end of this, I hope you realize that yes, they do actually have a lot of games coming out. Um, there's a potential for 2023 to be good, but 2024, in my opinion, is going, it should be their biggest year, but this is the problem with Xbox is it's hard to trust them when it comes to being a publisher 
because it seems that internally they have so many problems when it comes to actually creating their games. You know, does anyone remember when they first showed off Halo Infinite after what felt like a six-year development cycle, and it looked absolutely awful, right? Um, so Xbox Game Studios is comprised of 23 studios. 14 of those are under Xbox Game Studios, and then nine of those were inherited from ZeniMax Media after they purchased them March 2021. So I'm going to go through, uh, you know, year order, basically the year that this studio was either established or purchased by Xbox. And we start off with Turn 10 Studios. They were established in 2001. Their last game was Forza Motorsport 7, I believe. Um, and they do have a Forza Motorsport scheduled for next year. There should be zero reason why this game should not come out <laughs> next year. And I think, uh, you know, they already showed it off. They showed some gameplay, day-night cycle. It looks really great. Um, there really is no reason why this game should be pushed to 2024. So I'm confident that, that, that we can place this on a list of games that are guaranteed from Xbox for 2023. From there, we move on to Rare. Rare was acquired in 2002. And under Xbox, they've released a few games. Their first game was called Grabbed by the Ghoulies. We had Conquer Alive and Reloaded, Cameo, for those that remember, that was a 360 launch title, alongside Perfect Dark Zero. Viva Pinata was kind of big for some time. Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, Killer Instinct, Rare Replay, Battletoads, and their biggest game under Xbox, Sea of Thieves. Now, currently, they're working on a game called Everwild, which looked amazing. Um, but according to journalist Jeff Grubb, the game has been rebooted and is now scheduled for 2024. So next year should be the time that this game sort of re-debuts. We don't know, is it going to look the same? Is it going to have the same art style? I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess if it's a reboot, reboot it probably won't. I really hope that they don't try to go for like this hyper-realistic style. I really like the cel-shaded artistic style of Everwild. That's what really drew me to that game. So I'm hoping that a reboot means that there's not many changes and the reboot part of it is more mechanically and not visually and artistically. So they're working on Everwild. That's the game that we can expect from them within the next two years. Um, next up, we have 343 Industries. This company was founded in 2007. They've since overseen 11 different Halo releases since 2011. Their last game, of course, was Halo Infinite. That was released in 2021. This has definitely been one of the most disappointing studios under Xbox. Even outside of Halo Infinite, we also have to look back at something that this company was in charge of that should have been a home run, but was... Uh, pretty much a complete failure when it first released, which was the Halo Master Chief Collection. That's something that should have been, once again, a home run, right? You're taking a game that's already established. All you're doing is re-releasing it. And it was just a disaster for what 
I'm not even going to say what felt like years, I think for what was technically years. They just couldn't get the game to work, especially the most important part, the part that should have been working, which was the multiplayer. So this has definitely been one of the most disappointing teams that Microsoft currently has under its stable. The coalition was formed in 2010 to work exclusively on the Gears of War franchise. So Xbox goes to Epic Games. They tell Epic, we would like to buy the Gears of War license. Epic decides to sell it to them. And then Xbox, um, almost the same thing that they did with Bungie. Bungie says they're going independent. Xbox says that's great, but you can't take Halo with you. So they built a dedicated team. They did the same exact thing with Gears of War, except the coalition has found much more success or, or in my opinion, is a much stronger team compared to what we've seen from 343 Industries. Um, they started off as Iron Something Studio. I forgot what the exact name of it was. And then it was changed to the coalition named after COGS, the Coalition of Ordered Governments from Gears. The last releases were Gears 5 in 2019 and the Matrix Awakens demo. Um, they've worked pretty much their biggest releases were Gears 4, Gears 5, Gears Tactics, um, which they, I think, I think Splash Damage was the company that worked on Gears Tactics and they oversaw it. And then that Matrix Awakens tech demo. It, it, it's very, very likely that they're working on Gears of War 6 or Gears 6, uh, because they, they dropped the of war. Um, in terms of when we're going to get this game, it's, I doubt that we're going to get it 2023. This looks very likely as a 24, 25 type of game, but I wouldn't be surprised if we actually saw a teaser for it next year. Then we have Mahjong Studios that was purchased in 2014. That's a studio behind Minecraft. One of the most successful purchases that, um, Xbox has made. Their current next game is Minecraft Legends, which is dated for 2023. There's no doubt that it will release that year. Now we have a lot of the acquisitions that they announced in 2018. First off was Compulsion Games. Um, they've only released two total games in the entire history of the company. A game called Contrast and a game called We Happy Fuse. They've currently release zero games under Xbox. Now, what I need a lot of people to understand, especially when we think about the 23 studios, a lot of these studios were purchased in 2018 and 2019. And what people need to understand is that upon being acquired, a lot of them were basically in the wrapping up phase or, or currently in the middle of working on a game that wasn't ready to release yet or that wasn't ready to release within the window from when it was purchased up until now, the year 2022, right? So that's, you know, um, when we think about development cycles from, from the point of their purchase, we're only about four years or about to go into five years from a lot of these studios that were purchased in 2018. If there were to to, to be purchased by Xbox and start a game from scratch under Xbox. Let's say Xbox goes into compulsion games. They look at what they're building and Xbox says, no, we need you to come up with something else for, 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 for Xbox. Or let's say they go to compulsion games and they say, Hey, we want you to revive conquer for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, 
you know, when we think about a typical uh, video game cycle, it's understandable why we haven't seen anything from a lot of these teams. So I guess like on one hand, you want to say like, man, where's Compulsion Games? What's going on with that? Um, with that studio? But now it's funny because it's like now that we're going to 2023, a lot of these studios, we should be seeing stuff from these studios. Now, if 2023 goes through and we haven't seen anything from Compulsion Games, then there that that's definitely indicative of a larger problem. Um, so currently, we don't know what 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 their next game is. Then in 2018, the initiative was announced and formed. And this was an interesting thing because this was announced as a quadruple A studio. You know, uh, Xbox made such a huge deal out of it. And then we finally found out in 2020 that they were working on a perfect dark reboot um, with Crystal Dynamics hopping out. And interestingly, Perfect Dark was announced at the Game Awards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's a reboot of the franchise and Crystal Dynamics is helping out with it. Um, we've already heard that there were a lot of issues. A big chunk of that team left. People are saying that Xbox was almost being too lenient when it came to the actual development of that uh, of that game. Um, honestly, 2023 should be the year that we see this game again. Um, technically, we should be seeing some very early gameplay already. But because of all the issues that's been happening, it's a little hard to tell whether we will or we won't. In Exile Entertainment was acquired in 2018. Their last game was Wasteland 3. They haven't released a single game under Xbox. Their rumored next project is a first-person RPG. Now, this is a company that I would trust that they were already in the middle of working on something when Xbox acquired them. And they've just been working on it throughout this whole time. Ninja Theory was acquired in 2018. Their last game was the absolutely horrendous Bleeding Edge, which fell flat on his face the moment it released. That was published by Xbox Game Studios. Next, their next game is Hellblade 2. Uh, and the last time we saw this was at the Game Awards 2021. They're also working on Project Mara, which is supposed to be like this real simulation kind of real world thing that they're doing. I don't know. Um, Hellblade 2, we saw gameplay in 2021. Um, it is very likely that this game could be coming out at the end of 2023. This is a game that I feel 99% we're going to see at whatever this early 2023 showcase is. This game has to be there. Uh, if not, then what I'm saying about Xbox being a horrible publisher is just, that's just, that's just growing even more and more if we don't see Hellblade 2 early next year. There's a legitimate problem happening in Xbox. Obsidian Entertainment uh, has been one of the most successful acquisitions that they made. They were acquired in 2018. They've released two games under Xbox, Grounded and Pentiment. Their next games are Avowed and The Outer Worlds 2. Without a doubt, the most successful, if not one of the most successful acquisition that Xbox has made. I don't think we're going to see the Outer Worlds 2 next. It looks likely that Avowed is really their next game that they're going to be ready 
to uh to show but this game i wouldn't expect until 2024 25 i don't expect this game next year playground games was acquired in 2018 their last game was the uh, amazing forza horizon 5 their next game though is fable which is being co-developed by idos montreal this is a game that once again we should be seeing at this early 2023 whether it's early concept introducing us to um, uh, the hero the concept of the hero to the story um we should be seeing this early next year undead labs was acquired in 2018 this was one of the acquisitions that i think was the biggest mistake from xbox i don't think that this should have been acquired by xbox um, they've only been known for Stick of Decay. Stick of Decay, let's be honest, is not this really great game to begin with. Um, and then unfortunately, early this year, I think it was around March, Kotaku reported that um, Undead Labs had a toxic workplace and a lack of design vision have led to extensive delays to Stick of Decay 3. Um, so, I mean, who knows when we're going to see this game again. Uh, this is one that, according to this information, I doubt that we're going to see it at this early 2023 showcase. Double Fine Studios, uh, one of the better acquisitions that they made, that was acquired in 2019. At the time of purchase, it had the largest library of any studio that Xbox had bought. They released just one game after the acquisition, Psychonauts 2, that was published by Xbox. Uh, we don't yet know what their next game is. World's Edge, that was established in 2019. This studio is very similar to the Coalition 343, where it's established to do one thing and one thing only, and their one thing is Age of Empires. So the last game was Age of Empires 4. They have a few new projects, including some Xbox ports, a mobile version, and Age of Mythology retold. Then we have everything that was purchased under ZeniMax Media that was acquired in 2021. Alpha Dog Games is a mobile publisher. Their last game was Mighty Doom. Arcane Studios, known for Dishonored and Deathloop. Uh, their first game under Xbox will be Redfall, even though I guess, like, like I said, technically Deathloop was their first game uh, because they were already purchased by the time it released. Uh, Bethesda Game Studios, their next game we already know is Starfield. It Software's last game was Doom Eternal. The next project is Unknown. Machine Games is known for Wolfenstein, and their next game is Indiana Jones. Roundhouse Studios, formerly known as Human Head Studios, they're best known for Prey, which was amazing, and their last game was Rune 2. They're currently co-developing Redfall while working on a new unannounced project. Then we have Tango Gameworks, that's Xbox's sole Japanese studio. Their last game was Ghostwire Tokyo, which should be coming to Xbox next March. And then we have ZeniMax Online, which is currently working on Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76. So with all of that, if we include Contraband, which is the game that's being developed by Avalanche Studios being published by Xbox, if we include Project Mara from Ninja Theory, the untitled Kojima game, Ara History Untold, which was a strategy game that was announced this year being developed by Oxide Games. Remember, all these games are being published by Xbox even though they're not being developed. 
Xbox currently has 20 publicly confirmed games in development. So what I mean by that is that these 20 games have been announced. Even though they haven't been dated, they've been announced as, as games that are being developed for Xbox and very likely also for PC. Now, if we include studios that haven't revealed their next project, if we also include the Halo Infinite project that's happening at Certain Affinity, and we safely assume that all other studios are working on something, that brings the number up to 29 titles in development. The reason why I will bring up that Halo Infinite project at Certain Affinity is it's very likely, it looks like it's something that's standalone. The rumors are that it's being built on Unreal Engine, and it looks like it's something that it, it, it looks like it's going to be Halo's take on Battle Royale. For something like that, I think it's unique enough to brand it as its own individual product. Same way that we have Call of Duty Multiplayer, we have Call of Duty Warzone, right? So including that, Xbox currently has about 29 titles in development. Now, in this list, I did not include... I believe I did not include, wait, no, no, no. I did include, in that number, I did include Indiana Jones. That one's a little bit up in the air. There was a rumor that they had already signed a contract with PlayStation, um, or excuse me, let me, let me, let me, let me go back a little bit. When um, Bethesda was trying to secure the rights to Indiana Jones with whatever movie studio. I think it's Disney that owns it because Lucas owned it. I might be wrong about that. When they went to go to secure the rights, part of them securing the rights was that it cannot go on just one console. It must be multi-platform. So for that reason, if that rumor is true, it's very different than like Starfield, right? Starfield was being developed for PlayStation. Xbox bought Bethesda. They immediately stepped in and said, stop all work on PlayStation. With this deal, it's very different because now you're dealing with someone else's intellectual property. So you can't just go back, you know, it, it's, it will be extremely complicated to now go back to Disney, whoever owns that property and say, hey, let's change the terms of this contract. So that's why it might be 28 because it looks like Indiana Jones is not going to be an Xbox exclusive. We, we are not 100% sure. Now, Xbox currently only has five games confirmed for the year 2023. They have Aura History Untold, Starfield, Redfall, Minecraft Legends, Forza Motorsport 5. Or excuse me, Forza Motorsport, whatever the next one is. And then they have exclusivity deals in place for Arc 2 and Stalker 2. So these are the only confirmed Xbox exclusives. And remember, keep in mind, a lot of these games are also coming out on PC, but they are, I guess we could say, console exclusives, right? There is no reason, like zero reason, why at the very least those first, actually, I would say at least six of these, you know, even with everything that's happening in Ukraine, it looks like Stalker is far enough ahead that it should be out by the end of the year. Arc 2, I'm not 100 percent sure about how far along that project is but at the very least those first five 
our history starfield redfall minecraft legends forza motorsport all those should be releasing in 2023 okay these games should all be at this early 2023 showcase number one number two they should all have dates attached to them if any of these projects are showed and they don't have dates attached to them that's a big problem now there are other games that i think that are going to be ready for us to see gameplay at whatever showcase that we're talking about for early 2023. Let's say it happens in February. I think that it's time for us to see what contraband is. I think we should be seeing more of Hellblade 2. We should be able to see early gameplay of Fable. I think it's time to already show gameplay for Indiana Jones, especially with the film coming out next year, the marketing cycle. It just would make sense for the game to start being showed off early next year. We should see Compulsion Games next game. I think I think that should be ready to be revealed. And I think uh, early looks at Everwild of Everwild Avowed. I think we should get uh, Gears. I think should be on there. I feel like for Xbox, my play for them is for this early showcase to really pack it in. Don't think about E3 and holding stuff for E3. E3, in my opinion, is more fleshing, dating um uh gameplay stuff like that i think right now you need to show people early on especially after all these xbox series s's you basically given away when you buy a free bar of soap over the holidays you got to show people that they made a smart purchase this early one you know go do as much as you can in my opinion now Let's go through the full slate of games being developed at Xbox that have yet to release. Just kind of to wrap this whole thing up. We have Aura History Untold, the next Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, Starfield, Redfall. Then we have four Age of Empires projects. We have Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition for Xbox, Age of Empires 4 also being ported to Xbox, Age of Mythology Retold. Then we have the Age of Empires mobile game. Avowed, Everwild, Contraband, Fable, Perfect Dark, Hellblade 2, which I think has a very good chance of becoming Xbox's first game of the year winner. Uh, I don't know. Look, I'm a big Starfield fan. I just don't trust Starfield in a year where it's Zelda and Spider-Man 2 is coming out. Stake of Decay 3, The Outer Worlds 2, Project Mara, the untitled Kojima Productions game, Indiana Jones, even though, like I said, I'm not sure if we can count that. Uh, the next projects from all these companies, Compulsion Games, Double Fine, It Software, Tango Gameworks, Roundhouse Studios, Alpha Dog, and In Exile. Remember, all these studios have not announced the games that they're, that they're uh, creating, but they have to be working on something, right? These studios don't release, you know, Double Fine's not going to release Psychonauts 2 and then not be actively working on something right now. The certain the certain affinity Halo Infinite project, the Coalition Games project, which I'm saying is probably going to be Gear Six, so that brings the total up to about 29. And if we include conceptualizing for the future, this means that across these 23 game studios, Xbox has close to 40 plus titles in development because right now there's very very early work happening for elder scrolls uh, uh where are we up to now six or something like that i can't i can't even keep up um early work is already happening on the next fallout early work is already happening on the next doom 
uh, early work is already happening on whatever the future of Halo is. So um, that's why I would say that it's closer to 40 plus titles uh, in development. Now, to finish up this um, section, let's talk about Xbox as a publisher. So I feel like Xbox does have a few successes under its belt. It's not as many as PlayStation, but I feel that they have a few successes. Ori could be counted in that. Sea of Thieves and Grounded have been very successful. Pentiment, even though I don't know commercially how it's doing, critically, it, it's a very good example of studios utilizing Game Pass to the fullest. The Gears franchise, they've done a really great job after buying that intellectual property. Gears has, has been handled very well. Forza has been one of their greatest successes. Microsoft Flight Simulator was an amazing success for them. The Age of Empires uh, series has been very well handled. Minecraft has done really, really well after that purchase. Psychonauts 2, and I'll even throw in Tell Me Why. So there are a lot of good, successful games that we can point to and say, wow, Xbox actually is a good publisher. Here are the ones that have been mishandled and show that something's going wrong at Xbox. The entire Halo franchise has been mishandled. Everwild, what the hell happened there? Perfect Dark and State of Decay. Those are games that for them as a publisher, something is obviously going wrong and something is going on at Xbox. Now, They've obviously, once again, have done a good job, but it just pales in comparison to anything and everything that PlayStation and Nintendo have done, including quality control. We're not going to count Pokemon. <laughs> um, but I, I want to stick to the comparison between Xbox and PlayStation. I own both of these consoles, right? I own an Xbox and I own a PlayStation. I use my Xbox way more than my PlayStation for the following reasons. Number one, I prefer the controller. I just like the Xbox controller more. I have big hands. I think the Xbox controller just feels better. I prefer the Xbox's, um, I guess we'll call it the operating system. I just like it more. I enjoy achievements more. I've been invested longer in achievements. So a lot of my third-party games I play on Xbox. And then the third reason is Game Pass, right? I don't own an Xbox for Xbox games. <laughs> I own an Xbox for third-party stuff, let's be honest. That's where I play all my third-party stuff, and Game Pass has just made it a lot easier to access a lot of games. You know, right now, I'm using it to play, <clears throat> I'm using it to play high on life. My PlayStation definitely gets less um, time. I spend less time on my PlayStation than I do with my Xbox, but I spend more valuable time on my PlayStation. Even though I've, I've played so many games for Xbox this year, unlocked so many achievements, all of that pales in comparison to God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> that one game uh, that came out in November trumps anything, any experience that I've had on my Xbox. This is Xbox's problem, is that if PlayStation announces a state of play, or PlayStation says, we're going to have a showcase. You know that PlayStation means business if they announce a showcase. And Xbox announces a showcase. If they both happen at the same time, no one's watching the Xbox showcase. They're okay with all that information coming secondhand. 
The reason why that happens is because Xbox has not given their fans a reason to trust them. There is just no reason to trust Xbox at this point. Even though they've had successes, right? There are franchises that you can trust, right? You can, if the coalition says, hey, we're ready to talk about the next gears, we're paying attention, right? If Turn 10 or Playground says, hey, we're going to talk Forza, people are going to pay attention, right? But when it comes to Xbox in general, they've shown that they just cannot be trusted, because when they show something, it's usually not mind-blowing, right? Let, let's think back to Halo Infinite, right? It was so hyped up. They were ready to show it. It was supposed to you know, blow the doors off the hinges. Supposed to be an Xbox Series X launch title. I branded it as possibly one of the biggest launch titles for any system ever since the original Halo. And they fucked it up, right? <laughs> we saw the game. It looked horrible. This is Xbox's problem. When you think about that compared to PlayStation, when was the last time that PlayStation announced a game or showed a game off and you walked away disappointed? When we saw Ghost of Tsushima, when we saw Last of Us Part Two, when we saw Marvel Spider-Man, heck, even when it, even the CG trailer for Spider-Man Two, when we saw Death Strand, literally anything that is published or developed by PlayStation blows the doors off the hinges. This is the major difference between PlayStation and Xbox that for whatever reason, Xbox just can't get it right. Right? When they first showed off Perfect Dark, the trailer was just bad. It wasn't interesting. Uh, eco, eco-terrorism with like, oh my gosh, a dust storm. And then, oh, they, they, they showed... You know, uh, I don't even remember the, the name of the main character from Perfect Dark. I'm sorry. They show her hair. They, they show the profile of the back of her head. Oh, man. No, it, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't like, oh, my God, finally, you know, the reason to buy an Xbox. You know, you compare that to, you know, Horizon. Or you compare that to um, to the, the, the trailer for God of War Ragnarok or wh- whatever it is. Ghost of Tsushima. Everything that PlayStation shows is it just shows you this super high quality product. Xbox has not been able to do that. That's why nobody trusts Xbox. But this is also the reason why I've been saying to a lot of people that when it comes to Xbox, your expectations must always remain low. You should never have high expectations for Xbox. When it comes to value, when it comes to Game Pass, they've delivered 100%. You have to give them that. They've delivered when it comes to that service and the value of that service. So your expectations should continue to rise when it comes to Game Pass. But for Xbox and their games itself, your expectations need to be in the basement while the expectations for PlayStation are in the attic for everyone else because they've proven themselves. They've told their play they, they they've shown their fans when they buy PlayStation, they told them, you can trust us. Xbox has not been able to do that. So I don't understand why people are trusting them to do that. Even with everything that I just talked about, 29 titles in, in development, 40 plus if we talk about conceptual phases. 
Even with all that, my trust in Xbox is zero. This 2023 early showcase, zero. I'm hoping Fable is going to be great. I've been wanting another Fable game for so long. Playground Games has shown themselves to be a very capable developer. We saw what they did with Forza Horizon 5. We saw visually what they're able to do. My trust in them, though, is zero. If Playground Games were to get acquired by PlayStation tomorrow, my trust in them goes up to 100%. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's Xbox. Xbox has the stink. They have a stink all over them as a publisher. There's no reason to trust them. You Do you think me, as a Kojima fan, right? Kojima, to me, is like my, my favorite director of all time is Quentin Tarantino, right? My favorite director in video game is Kojima. My excitement for both of their projects is usually at, at, at the tippity top. I'm like I'm 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 feeding on the crumbs that they brush off the table of any information for their projects. I'm extremely excited for Death Stranding 2, whatever this overdose thing is. My excitement for whatever Kojima does on the Xbox is currently zero because I just, this is how much the Xbox stink is. It's like I'm a Mets fan. Anytime a player gets signed on to the Mets, I know that uh, I trust that their career is going to go in the toilet. They're not going to have an amazing career. It's just the Mets. It's just a stench. Okay. And this is coming from a fan. I know it exists. That's how I feel like with, with Xbox, with them as a publisher, for whatever reason, I just do not trust them. Now, if they stay completely out of Kojima's way and, and, and then maybe there's something great happening there, but I just don't trust that partnership. This is what I mean in terms of I don't understand why people are upset about Xbox because your expectations for them should be zero, right? It's like if, if you're, if, it's like you have this estranged father and 20 times he's promised to, 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 to take you to Disney World. Why are you excited on the 21st time that he calls you up and saying, we're going to go to Disney World this weekend. Like, what are you doing? Xbox has not earned your trust. Why are you expecting them to be great? They've shown that they're not great when it comes to publishing games. What are you guys doing? The other problem, I brought this up before, but I'm going to reiterate it right now. This is my problem with the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Activision has 12 studios close to over 9,000 employees across six about six countries. Blizzard Entertainment, they have over 4,700 employees across nine studios and offices. So in one transaction, Xbox is gaining an additional 14,000 employees. They've shown that they, they can't manage these 23 studios that they currently have. What happens when that gr grows to close to 35, close to 40 studios that they're going to have uh, under their belt. This, to me, is a problem, right? They haven't shown that they have a very, very good grasp on publishing and or quality control. This, to me, has become a problem. For me, they're going to have to treat this Activision Blizzard deal the same way that they treated the Zenimax deal, which is we're the bank. We're here to do the money. Remember, Zenimax is not under Xbox Game Studios. This is his own thing. They're going to have to do the same exact thing with Activision Blizzard. They have to keep this separate. 
Because for whatever reason, whoever's running Xbox Game Studios, I'm sorry, I'm not really sure who it is right now. I didn't do the research on it. I don't want to be wrong by naming someone. They're not doing a good job. Now, the silver lining of everything that I just spoke about is that for all intents and purposes, when we look at the pipeline, everything that they've announced, everything that we understand is being worked on, 2024, 25, 26, those should all be very close to PlayStation years. Remember, when it comes to PlayStation, every year you have this expectation that you're going to get at the very least one AAA game of the year worthy game. This is where Xbox needs to get to. They have never in the history of Xbox been there. Nintendo has been there, right? If you buy a Switch, you know you're going to get at the very least one extremely amazing Nintendo game every year. Same thing with PlayStation. Xbox has not been able to do that, all right? If this Activision deal closes next year and they have close to, they have over 30 studios and they, for whatever reason, cannot accomplish <laughs> a game of the year worthy game or even one that's, you know, eight, no, nine in terms of reviews every, sing, every single year, there's a big, big problem. There's no reason why they shouldn't pull this off. But something's happening at Xbox. I don't know if they need to restructure. I don't know what it is. But I do agree with the fans in terms of this can't continue to happen for much longer. It just can't. When we look at everything they have in development, 2024, because I, 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 I'm... I'm very still shaky about 2023, but 2024 going forward, there should be zero reason why Xbox shouldn't have all of this under control and have it all figured out by then. Hot releases of the week. December 20th, we have Turnip Boy Commit Tax Evasion coming to PlayStation 4. December 22nd, we have uh, Naraka Blade Point coming Xbox One. Valkyrie Profile Lenneth, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. It's time to wrap it up. Stories we didn't have time to get to. Sony announced that Spider-Man 2 is coming fall 2023. Hopefully, it doesn't slip. You know, we're, we're at this point right now where it's very hard to trust um, any release windows or dates at this point. And it's funny because I feel like PlayStation was kind of close to Nintendo where it was one of the few publishers that I would trust when they put a window on something. Rockstar Games was also like that. No more. Like, no, in my opinion, no publisher is left. There's not a single publisher in our industry that you can trust explicitly when they put a window or a date on something, right? We saw God of War get delayed. Horizon got delayed. So hopefully they can stick to this, but uh, you know, it's hard for me to get excited that I'm going to be playing this game um, next year. But, you know, hopefully we, we they make it happen. Amazon Games has announced that they will be publishing the next Tomb Raider. This is interesting because I think that Amazon is going the correct route. I've always said this before. Where I don't think, you know, Amazon creating their own engine, whatever it's called, Lumberjack, Lumberyard, whatever that, that thing was called. And creating their own games, 
I, I've said for a while, I don't think that's the right path for Amazon. Publishing is really the way to go. Um, and it looks like that's what they're they're doing. And publishing also brings you closer to uh, multimedia deals. So it brings Amazon a little bit closer to um, embrace a group that owns the rights to Tomb Raider and you know the potential of them doing something Tomb Raider related with Amazon. Uh, they also announced that Blue Protocol game being um, developed by Bandai Namco. I think publishing is the right way to go um, for Amazon. Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed for older gen consoles. While PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X are still coming out February 10th, the PS4 and Xbox One versions are dropping April 4th, and the Switch version is coming July 25th. Um, yeah, pretty sad to see. But um, Hogwarts Legacy, like, l- let, let's talk about this for a second. Have you guys been, like, following this game lately? Like, they released a few, like, another gameplay look last week. This is a game of the year contender. It really, it 100% looks like a game of the year contender. Unless this is all smoke and mirrors and the game is just complete disaster when it releases. I mean, this this looks to be not only just one of the most impressive games of our current generation, but one of the most impressive games coming out next year. There's no doubt that unless it it's like a technical mess, this game is a game of the year contender. It's it's crazy. And I understand why they delayed the other versions. You want to put all that focus on the current gen. And this game looks so big that I don't know how the hell they're building it for these other consoles, but... We'll have, to, we'll have to see what that looks like. And then finally, Guerrilla Games confirmed a separate multiplayer entry for Horizon via job listings featuring a new cast of characters and a unique stylized look. Uh, I, I'm personally one of the people that's not a huge fan of Horizon. I did not play Forbidden West. I played Zero Dawn like a year ago. It took me a very, very long time to do it. Um, yeah, just, just not a fan. I don't know what it is. The combat, it's not like a huge fan of it. Um, but it's, it, I think it's cool to see PlayStation. Um, it's like now we have pen to paper. We know that PlayStation is taking multiplayer seriously. You know, the last of us project this horizon project, um, Spider-Man two, the potential of it having co-op. I like to see PlayStation doing more, um, multiplayer stuff. I think it's, it's great for their future. Shout out, shout out of the week. Uh, number one, shout out to Ash. Uh, the Pokemon Company has just announced its next Pokemon anime series, and for the first time in 25 years, the main anime storyline won't feature Ash and Pikachu. Shout out to the to the main man. Shout out to Chris Metzen, who returned to Blizzard, a Blizzard legend, returning to work on Warcraft. And finally, shout out to Mr. Jeff Keighley and his Game Awards team for breaking their viewership record yet again. 103 million live streams compared to 85 million last year pretty crazy when you look back to its debut in 2014 with just 1.9 million crazy growth in less than a decade thank you guys so much for joining please follow us on twitter and youtube at ken koji for future updates once again i'm joel and i will see you all next week